but like there was a family like a big table of a family like right beside us and it's like well it's not like we can even canoodle in this booth (laughs) (sighs) we're not amy and alan just canoodling wherever we feel like that's true (laughs) i don't know maybe we just need to give it like five more years and then we'll be like i don't care who we're canoodling in front of we're gonna canoodle where we feel like there you go (laughs) (laughs) well do you think we should get into the episode i think so let's hit this theme song when these dads meet world watching boy meets world we grew up on the show now we have kids and host a podcast we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades when these dads meet world they want you to take the roles I quit. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not looking for a 5% raise. Or is it? I can't remember. Is it 5,000, 5%? Either way. Yeah. Um, yeah same difference. But uh, welcome back to Daz Meet World, your weekly step-by-step deep dive into that classic 90s show step known as step Boy Meets World. Day by day. day, by day. <laughs> You know what? There might not be another guest cast person, Brett, from that show. We're going to keep singing that song, and I'm still going to keep <laughs> referencing it, because why not? Uh, I am Tyler, uh, one of your dads, joined by our other dad. Brett, your dad number two this week. Yes. Uh, so yeah, if you don't know us, we are two dads who just sit down and we talk about one of our favorite shows uh, ever. And this is an episode, Brett, that I think you and I have both been looking forward to talking about because there's oh, a yes. lot of uh, implication from this show. And it takes a weird spin uh, that I can't wait for us to talk about, especially as two dads. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Brett, uh, how the heck are you? What's new? Oh, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right here in Northeast Ohio, where we get uh, fun day of of warm, and the next day freezing, next day warm. Uh, just uh, trucking along. I had I had some uh, illness this week where I couldn't really move around much, and uh, sorry to hear that. Decided to pass it on to Abby, and she was not happy with that for a couple of days. <laughs> But thankfully, that seems to be as far as it went. (laughs) I would definitely say so. We actually had to, uh, uh, fun fun story, we we had to play the the game of, hmm, is this really appropriate connection for a teacher when it came to Abby being absent? Because a teacher, she, you know, in today's age, you can connect with your teachers through texting, through different apps, and let them know directly. Mm-hmm. You know, we call our our kids off from school. We have to call them off, let the school know that they won't be there because they're sick. And then the school does generate an absence list. The teachers do know, are told that yes, these students are absent. Well, Abby was out for two days, and uh, mm-hmm. her theater teacher, very close to a theater teacher, this is her third year in the class, and so with uh, with the theater teacher, the first day, she reached out and let her know, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sick, I won't be there today. They're getting ready for, uh, they're going to travel to elementary schools in the school district next week and put on a, a play for the elementary schools, and mm-hmm. so Wednesday, she was out, she was sick. 
and let her uh, theater teacher know. Thursday came along. We called her off both days. And uh, her theater teacher, Kelly, Kelly told her, go back to bed. You're not going to school today. <laughs> she is actually worse Thursday. And her theater teacher actually reached out to her. And from the way we read the message, it was actually kind of snippy and actually had a little ellipsis with, you know, the dot, dot, dot at one point. And like, it's not really appropriate for a teacher to be reaching out to a student who's already been called off. I don't really care why. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just, you know, it was just kind of an innocuous. I, I was expecting you to be here. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, hadn't heard from you. I was kind of expecting you to be here. So Kelly and I were kind of in our world of, hmm, do we send an email to this teacher and let her know that we're not happy or do we not? <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough one because uh, in this day and age, it is so different than the way we were brought up. Like there was a clear division between teacher to student. And I remember uh, like when Facebook really was a thing and like teenagers had access to Facebook for the first time and people were requesting teachers and some teachers accepted their friend requests. Some teachers said, I only accept, you know, students who have graduated and no longer my student, you know, friend requests, mm-hmm. you know, but that's a really awkward position that teachers are now in. Um, you know, especially when it's like more of an extracurricular type activity, like you could have a coach's phone number and that's not awkward and you could get text messages from your coach or, you know, your drama mm-hmm. department head or whatever. Like there's, it is, we're all so interconnected um, and we were actually talking about this with our son because the one day he was like, I want a phone. I want a phone. I want a phone. He's six. <laughs> he doesn't need a phone. And we tried to say to him, listen, you, when you have a number and you have a profile, people can have access to you and we mm-hmm. want to help you before that happens because not everyone has your best interest in mind. Not everyone who will send you a message or text or call you has your best interest. Like, it's just a fact. So we're like, we have to safeguard you from this. And mm-hmm. we, right now, we don't know when we're going to let him have a phone. I know eventually we'll have no choice, but for right now, we're like, we are locked in. There is no phone. You're not getting a phone. And if he finds one of our old phones, like he likes to find an old phone and charge it and then he'll play games on it, but they're still connected to our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we don't want him still. The problem with that still is he could get messages without us paying attention, like directly to what's happening. So. And also it tends to flood my wife's phone with all sorts of apps and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a very tricky situation that our world is now in. And it feels like no one cares to actually put safeguards in to protect children. And I don't know why. So, yeah, it, it's, it feels like it's a, it's, it's a rush to get them to grow into that next step. And it's just it's okay. very sad. Brett, I know the answer. It's the flipping papaws and memaws that are in our government that go, 
what is the internet? What is a website? <laughs> What's a tweet? Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's just I don't know. I answered the question before before I should have answered it, but uh brett since you asked uh i'm doing pretty good uh family and i are having fun uh we sent our youngest to his first uh uh trip or first trip uh his first uh overnight stay without us over with uh nana and papa went well kind of went more well for us than it did them <laughs> he was just not having it and mm -hmm. honestly he's, he's we think he's teething those back rows and those suckers take forever to teeth and just yep. you know a general annoyance for him so we're just we got there and they were like yeah he was up all night. <laughs> like sorry sorry grandma and grandpa mm -hmm. but oh my gosh grayson was so happy and we're like you know what let's just plan for next time for you just to go over and he goes okay and then he literally went uh nana when's the next time i can stay the night <laughs> So I said to him, like, you know, the fact that you're trying to stay the night here and you're working it out with your grandma, like, that's great. Like, I think you should do that. So, yeah, yeah. adorable. So, oh, so we've been also <laughs> running around today. We went to Erie, saw some friends. Uh, we got to meet a new baby. Gosh, <laughs> I keep forgetting because uh, all of my babies have been big that other people have smaller babies and <laughs> you know holding them and like i can feel my arms getting tired not because they're heavy but because you're constricting yourself so much just to like hold them and keep them secure and because you're nervous about dropping them <laughs> so but good times had all around but i can't Excellent. say the same for the matthews's bread no Let's look at that synopsis in the world of Boy Meets World. So, uh, Alan, we're going to look at uh, the third episode of season four. I ain't going to spray lettuce no more. Wherein Alan quits his job at the grocery store without discussing it with Amy. In retaliation, Amy promises to make a drastic decision without consulting the rest of the family either. Nervous about the turn of events, Corey has Sean give him tips on being poor. This episode was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, directed by Jeff McCracken, who I, I looked last night. Jeff McCracken directs every episode in season four. I thought fun so. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. Good looking people. Every episode, you're going to hear me give him credit for directing this season. Originally aired... October 24th, 1996, and currently enjoys a 7.8 rating on IMDb. Now, last week, we had 13.2 uh, million viewers. We had a little drop-off, down to 12.3 million this week. I mean, at least all of the numbers are in a... Yeah, I mean, they're still, I mean, they're still good. Right. They're not. It's like, not like they're we not dropped like so from thirteen low. to six, <laughs> right? Well, we went from eighteen to like thirteen out of nowhere. Like that's not the type of drop off we're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, this is would be considered a monster hit today. <laughs> oh yes, if you could get twelve million people tuning into one show live first run today, you would have. <sighs> We're we're talking like show after the Super Bowl numbers almost. 
Yeah, we're talking about like a Stranger Things whenever that sucker comes out, like yeah. that weekend. That's all people are talking about. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, Brett. Well, we start this episode in the kitchen. Uh, we learn that Eric has taken serious of uh, Alan and Amy's cries to get a job, and so he's been applying to places. One yes. of them being the Gap. And I just—I'm the Gap. A, yeah, I love this interaction so much. Like, <laughs> it's just a job. It wasn't just a job. It was Gap. I mean, look at me. I am Gap. <laughs> Even in the shower, I'm the Gap. <laughs> Oh, okay then. <laughs> I told them a monkey could work there. And then the next thing is, did you guys see there's a monkey working at the gap? <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, I <laughs> There's just when it's these simple little runners that they have, these little bits, it's just it's perfection, you know. And they just mm-hmm these actors just buy into this, like this thing about his character of like Eric, like maybe it was that part of that high school uh, look for him of part of who he is, is he is a gap kid. Like he is a gap youth. That's, <laughs> that's his store and getting rejected from his store is partially being rejected, you know, in his identity of who he is. Yep. Yeah. And calling Eric the gap really does. I mean, it's, it resonates with him from being the preppy, you know, Eric calls himself yeah. the Gap, and I immediately go back to when, uh, you know, uh, Frankie and Joey were looking for their new leader. That's really true. Okay, but how funny would it be for them to have gone into the Gap, get what they needed, and then left? <laughs> that would. I great. want that scene. <laughs> well, apparently it's a uh, picture time, Brett, because uh, Corey needs uh, money for pictures. So does Morgan, and. Uh, you know, Alan's just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Take, take, you know, anyone else want uh, money yeah. from my wallet? $25 for a class picture. That's, that's what I pay for the basic package for a class picture today. If I get them. Yeah. <sighs> it's the sad times we live in Brett. Sad times. They must be doing those Olin mills, like getting the trading card deal where they're getting like, 30 wallets and an eight by 10 and a five couple of five by sevens and a class picture of everyone in the class. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm most likely. I mean, those were the classic, mm-hmm. uh, classic packages back in the day, but Alan's saying that he is going to go and he's going to ask his boss, Pete, apparently for a raise. Now, this is the first time we're hearing about him having a boss other than when he was forced to do cutbacks and potentially lay people off, but you know, he is the manager mm-hmm. of the store. So I'm assuming there's yep. like a regional manager. Uh someone doesn't really work at the store, but who like kind of comes around, you know, checks on things and has like yeah. a couple of stores that he's, you know, supposed to oversee. So there could be like a corporate office he's going to or it just happens to be that Alan knows that Pete's going to be there that day. So mm-hmm. who knows exactly what is happening in all this. But yeah, apparently he's going to go to Pete and say, I demand a raise by like five grand. I'm really annoyed. I can't say that with authority. Normally I can, but I'm not going to look it up right now. But I think it's 5,000. That's what I remember it being. Well, five 5,000 is what is offered to him. Yes. Right. 
Um, but Al, Amy's kind of concerned. Like, do you think more money is going to, you know, make you feel better? And Alan's kind of like, well, can't make me feel any worse. <laughs> so he's going to go. He says, I'm not coming back to this house unless I get that raise. And the next scene is Alan standing <laughs> in front of the door. <laughs> Mom, why is dad standing outside the door? <laughs> so Amy, trying to be kind, says, you didn't get it. No, I got it. And she kind of, you know, ushers him in and, you know, doesn't say this in my notes, but it's, he's like, you know, basically sit down, like, please eat. Sit like, in the good your chair. Yeah. Right, sit in the good chair. Uh, he's, he says, I said, Pete, we got to talk. I said, Al, there's nothing to talk about. How's 5,000? And, uh, Oh, he says, Amy, I think I could have gotten more. It's like, oh, why don't you give him a call? He says, well, wouldn't make much sense to. Why not? I quit. Could you pass the potatoes? Uh-huh. <laughs> now, before we get back into this, Brett, maybe we should just have a brief discussion about quitting jobs. At yeah. Just real brief. Because in a leadership position that Alan is in, realistically he would not just i quit i quit today i'm gone like he he would uh train most likely either a replacement or a couple of the people to be able to step in within a month or so 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 he can make sure everything is closing out the correct way make sure his resume looks good um and a lot of times like like uh, so for my wife with her position she has to give at least a month's notice like that is a requirement for her job if she does not um the company basically has the rights to you know not give her certain things that she should like unemployment if she needs that um mm -hmm. you know other companies might uh, be able to mess with the 401k a little bit or stock options that you might have. Like companies can kind of mess around with some money things that you may have uh, if you don't give proper notice. And Alan, it appears as though he did not give proper notice. He just said, well, I'm gone. Yep. Which is an odd stance for him to have since he literally wanted more money, got what he asked for, and then quit. Yeah, and it it speaks a lot to Alan and what we know of him in his his temper, his ability to just kind of go off, fly off the handle. He uh he got what he thought he wanted and realized it wasn't what he wanted. And professionally walking out of that room and, and quitting is, is professional suicide. But at the same time, beyond potential stock options or granted, this is 30 years ago at, at the, at the best, the market giant probably has a retirement account that they might mess with him and maybe health right. insurance. Yeah. Um, there's really not much that they could hold over his head, especially considering in Pennsylvania, you can be fired without notice. Sure. 
So, I mean, for the, for the dramatics of the story, yes, it makes sense. I mean, real world, yep. Alan probably would have said, okay, well, you know what? In, in two weeks, we're going to be installing one of my assistant managers in my position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but could you imagine Alan doing, <laughs> Alan doing what... Uh, Michael Scott did in the office the two weeks that he was uh, <laughs> quitting. Sugar and Splenda. <laughs> Scotch and soda. Um, yeah, no, I just... And, and I will say, I have heard stories, and I'm not going to name names, but of people who had really horrible bosses. Like owners of the place that they just they didn't care about employees all they cared about was how much money they were making and you know let's say there's someone out there who uh, had a temperament in the 90s similar to alan who just said fine i'm done and just you know walked out Uh, i know that that's possible Uh, i'm not saying it's not but Nowadays, it is a suicide, essentially, for your career if you were to do this. Like, you know, I did work as a um, job coach, and that was a thing that we'd have to work through on resumes of, well, how long did you actually work there? What actually happened? Why did you leave? You only worked there for a month. Like, you know, all those complications that come with that. And, um mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're out there, especially if you're a young person, never (laughs) just quit. Uh, Give notice. Always give notice. There are places that only care. Did you give notice? Yes. Okay. And it's all based on your word. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't don't burn bridges that you don't need to burn. Right. And I will say uh, there are people out there that can walk away from a place because people in the community know of horrible working conditions and they won't care. They want the good worker. So uh, most of us, however, are not that good of workers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it's not the story they're telling and we're just going to accept it as is and Alan has quit. He has walked away. He is no longer an employee of the market giant. So uh, farewell, market giant. We knew you so well. And Leonard Spinelli, we uh, miss you already. (laughs) Yeah. Vast emotional damage. There it is. (laughs) So, yeah, they're just kind of going back and forth on, did I quit his job? We're poor. We're not poor. poor. I just I love Corey's dramaticness of running over to the door, being like, "Bye bye car, bye bye house." house. <laughs> Corey is really taking this hard. Yeah, he really is. It's I don't know. It's almost like his understanding of the world starts and ends with my parents have some bit of money. We're not rich, but we're we're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now he's not going to be comfortable. And how does he handle that? Yep. You know, can he handle the lifestyle that his friend has? Most likely not, but he might have well, to. Based based upon what we see in this episode, I don't know that Corey could handle switching shoes no. with with Sean. 
<laughs> no, no, he can't. And I, I will say that, you know, Amy, or Amy, Alan is not wrong in this decision per se. If they have a savings and it's enough that they could live a month or two or maybe three months on it uh, while you know, Alan tries to figure out what to do next, and he has in mind of, hey, I'm in now the same boat as Eric, so he and I can team up and try to figure out what's next. And, you know, it could work out. The problem yeah, is... I mean, his his decision okay. was not necessarily rash. I mean, he's, he's clearly thought through enough. They, they have money saved up. He has some semblance of a plan. He, he does want to go into business for himself. He knows in, in big terms, in, in the big picture, what he wants. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that he did not have that discussion first. And that's where Correct. the thrust of all this is for us in the episode and where if you or I made that same decision, we would be in the same doghouse and probably not as as friendly a doghouse as Amy has for Alan that we're presented with. No, they must have a good amount of savings right now, because if I quit either of my yeah. jobs right now, my wife would have me on a skewer. So, uh, <laughs> so. But, you know, the 90s was a different time. And, you know, just spoiler alert for those that don't know, right now in our day and age, it is harder to get the amount of savings that used to be possible in the 90s and the 80s. Once upon a time, two incomes were able to do, be used to be able to start putting money aside, putting money away, and actually building, you know, savings and retirements. And... There were more programs designed to be able to help that and move that along. And even though we have, quote unquote, more knowledge today, it doesn't mean the resources are there to be able to make that bump happen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was telling Sarah today that, you know, I was listening to our son and realized, huh, he thinks like I do. He goes, well, the first will do this and then we'll do this and then this will happen and then this will happen and then we'll be good. And I was like, huh, I do that, too. But normally you say to me, yes, but where does the money come first? <laughs> like this is the first yep. step. The first step is the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, he did not talk to Amy, which was wrong of him. And ultimately, he uh, he need he needed to have that conversation. At least, you know, he needed to be able to walk away from the meeting call Amy and say, hey, I got it. I'm done. At least if he had given her the heads up of this is what I want to do, this is what I need to do, I think she would accept it. It's the fact that she's learning about this with her children, and we normally don't see them making decisions in front of them like that. Yeah, this is definitely a conversation that should not have happened around the dinner table. This should have been an Alan and Amy in a completely different part of the house having a conversation away from the kids. Mm -hmm. And there's there's no reason that Sean or Sean, Eric and Corey and, and Morgan need to be involved in this conversation. Yeah. Well, and I mean, as as you know, Brett, like my wife and I have a space for us that is 
this is where we discuss things. This is where we kind of get a lot of talks out. Honestly, a lot of times it's when we're in the car by ourselves and the kids mm -hmm. aren't there that we're able to be like, hey, this is what I've been thinking about. Hey, this is what I've been feeling. Can we talk this out? Um, so, you know, you, you have to have in marriage a sacred space that you're able to talk these things out, these plans and meetings of being able to decide certain things that don't involve children. Mm -hmm. So you have to. Yep. <laughs> or old youth as well. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But yes, Amy is, um, she's rightfully mad. And mm -hmm. uh, rightfully, uh, let's say, let's go with furious. I like that better for her. She is rightfully <laughs> furious, justifiably. And yes. she says, oh, since we're just making decisions now on our own, guess what? I get to make one now, too. That's what I've decided. I get to make a decision that's going to affect our family. Mm -hmm. She's going to buy a gallery that also features as a... <laughs> <laughs> realtor agency <sighs> oh yeah and but yes <laughs> uh Corey is at the school and he's trying to talk to sean about the fact that uh they're no longer gonna have money and he's got to figure out what to do and he was and sean's quite confused like huh you are my only rich friend comfortable never rich not rich <laughs> indoor plumbing rich <laughs> which you know let's just take a moment for Brett and just say there are still houses and communities that don't actually have plumbing still in our country I don't know how it's possible but I know they're out there I've seen them and it is mm -hmm. depressing um our country has so much wealth and we're constantly talking about these ginormous bills and all the things our country pays for. But the fact is that the uh, rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. And Sean is completely correct in the fact that if you got indoor plumbing, if you have these extra things, you are rich. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of perspective. It is, and there are so many people in this country that would never think of themselves as rich, but perspective-wise, they really are. Yeah. Well, you, I think you have to remind yourself of that. Like, my wife and I are both college-educated. The amount of people that are not put us in a rich stance, mm -hmm. even if we're not physically rich. <laughs> You know, we even uh, we were talking with our friends earlier and they said, well, we just got a house. It's not as big as your house. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our house is not big, but it's not small. So it's <laughs> like it's you have to be willing to admit that there are things about you that have value. You mm -hmm. know, I'm currently sitting in a room where we've transformed into a giant closet slash office slash recording room for me <laughs> so there's some richness to it um you come from no, a world of many just... pants yes <laughs> that's true um you're e <laughs> eaters you're eaters <laughs> um i gotta say uh kids having free school lunches that's so nice mm-hmm that, uh, that was not the case when we were kids but yeah um 
so Sean is starting to kind of get Corey to understand you have privilege, you were rich, and now you're not, and I must teach you the ways now. <laughs> this, of course, coming from someone who normally spends his time at Chubby's and eating food at Chubby's, which can't be cheap. So, and that was even before no. he was living at Turner's. Yeah, Sean, for, for as poor as Sean is, he does have some sort of disposable income. <laughs> so, uh, we get a weird situation, Brett, because uh, Eric decides to wander the halls. <laughs> um, yes. Trying to live out those glory days that he literally was only a few weeks removed from, really. Um, I love the Feeny sass, too. <laughs> they brought in a grief counselor. Yes, they're uh, quite upset about the loss. Well, I think that's a great way to begin the healing process. Oh, you weren't serious. Oh, you weren't serious. <laughs> I do love that Eric picks up on that. It it shows that he's that he's, he's still pretty swift on the uptake. Eric is just hanging out in the hallways. You know, something you can just do in the '90s is just walk into the school and no one notices. A lot easier than than now. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, Feeney tries to say, hey, if you're here, set up a tutoring schedule. Um, <laughs> like, he goes, well, you know me by now, Mr. Feeney. I really don't uh, think tutoring is going to be uh, necessary for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Feeney just tries to say, hey, you know, you didn't get into college, but that doesn't mean you can't try and you can't, uh, you know, apply yourself. Um mm -hmm. You know, but he tries to say to him, you know, my dad is going to try to start a family business, which is scary. And he wants me to be involved. And I don't know anything about business. I don't know, you know, what to do. Um, yep. You know, I love Feeney just trying to encourage him. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, the the idea of tutoring for Eric, it's great if college is still a plan, and it's great still if the plan for is for business because the plan for business is not concrete; it's not solid yet. So either way, mm -hmm. this idea of tutoring is is a good idea for him, and I like yep. that Feenia is still trying to to offer and to push. But uh, we learn that the Matthews men are going to be going to uh, the Be Your Own Boss franchise <laughs> exposition opportunity extravaganza at the airport Comfort Inn. Where dreams <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> I'll let you say that five times fast. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> So, yeah, there's uh, apparently franchises such as Spaghetti in a Bag, um, to Does Fellow Cigarettes, I guess. Uh, let's see. 
All credit to yeah, Alan. I thought he wants were... to rule out anything doing with food. Yeah. He knows well, I just, what he I thought doesn't that they had want. listed. I thought they listed more things, but I don't see anything. Um, I know there's there there's a someone's trying to buy them on a dog food, uh, but there was thing something that popped up, Brett, that I think uh, would do us good to mention, and that is someone mentions poo puri. Oh yes, that's mentioned by a gentleman now, named Frank. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Frank for a second. Played by a gentleman by the name of George Weiner. First and only time we'll see him at Boy Meets World. 212 acting credits on his resume. Showed up in uh, productions such as The Odd Couple, Columbo, Sanford and Son, Hawaii Five-0, MASH, The A-Team, Fletch, Step by Step. Step by Step, Day by Day. Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, Walker, Texas Ranger, Dahmer and Greg, The West Wing, ER, House, Glee, The Big Bang Theory, and many, many more. And yes, this poopery is quite an interesting uh, invention, which, yes, good-looking people, there is such a product that you can buy with that name in stores today. <laughs> No, I did. I, I, I'm very curious about his numbers, though, because he talks about 75 million dog owners. And if they all buy a can, here's a 40 billion dollar business. How much are they charging per can? Because I, I, I did try doing the math and that's like one hundred and fifty dollars a can. Well, Brett, um, if you uh, what I've learned over the past few years, if you just throw numbers around, all people want to know is, will I make money? Great. <laughs> will I lose money? Boo. As long ah, as things yeah. go up, who cares? If they go down, I'm mad. The lines go up and I'm happy. <laughs> Yes, that's, like, that's literally what I've learned over the last little bit. Like, oh, do that you is have a, a dog? Money? Yes. No, we don't. Dad, don't for me. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Which okay, what's okay? That's an interesting thought, Brent. Why don't the Matthews have a dog? They feel like a dog family. They they really do feel like a dog family. That that is one thing the Matthews family is missing. Like, if you would say in an episode, like, oh, yeah, dad's walking the dog. He can't talk about it. Or, oh, yeah, Morgan, you know, has the dog right now. Like, that resolves a lot of where are these characters? Why are they uh -huh. not a part of this episode? <laughs> yeah, dad dad had to take the dog to the vet. That's why he's not around to dispense some good advice, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, little lessons of, like, well, you see the dog. You see what this dog does? Like... So many good lessons could have come from that. Yeah. yeah probably just too expensive to have on set. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm, cake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, I love how we transition back to the Matthews house with this, I think, tr should be a classic line bread which is you want to open an ogner's house of strudel 
Oh, yes. Ogner's house is brutal. <laughs> now, and Brett, let's just be real. First of all, all most of the companies that they mention are not real companies. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but there is some shadiness to a lot of companies that are trying to be franchised and trying to recruit more people. I just say that you need to be careful what you're getting involved in before you get involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, if something doesn't feel right between you and your partner or for you in general or someone that you care and trust their opinion on, listen to it. If I had listened, uh, things could be different for us, but they're not. That's the way things are. But, uh, you know, it's just... <laughs> Eric is so proud of himself in this decision that he wants to make. And who knows how much money they spent on that strudel to be able to say, I think we should try this. Yeah, that's it's a lot of strudel just for samples. Uh-huh. <laughs> he had to yeah. have bought like I mean, a whole kit. <laughs> the 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 joke is the thing that comes first, Brett, as we both know. But it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, oh, yes. But apparently, uh, Alan's first choice is a Rapid Mart, which would be a mm -hmm. convenience store, a.k.a., mm -hmm. which is almost exactly like a grocery store. And yep. Alan's justification is he knows the business. He knows the numbers. He knows the, the people to get the right deals. And, you know, it would be his own store that he would be running. And I love Amy's response. You're still selling lettuce. Mm -hmm. it's, it's still the exact same thing. Yeah, you're the boss, but you're still doing the same thing. And I can't get behind that. Right. Well, and we, we saw in the first episode of the season, Alan gets the pinnacle of his career, which is a grossy, and he's miserable. His wife got all dolled up. They went. They were supposed to have this lovely evening. He was all excited. And he just... It's like he has no passion. Mm -hmm. So why would Amy get on board if there's still going to be no passion? Exactly. But that's what makes sense for him. <laughs> after, after seeing all of these different options, that's... There was nothing there that stuck out to him. This is the only one that makes sense to him. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is obviously only to me. Strudel. <laughs> <laughs> Nap time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. But I, I like that, you know, Alan is attempting to communicate of he does want to operate and own his own store, but he wants to be happy with the thing that he's trying to sell. Like, it makes it clear, like, he is someone that wants to sell. He wants to, you know, be in business, make good decisions, make good money, but he wants to enjoy and have a passion for the thing he's trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, after 20-plus years, it's not lettuce anymore. Right. I mean, and there are people who 
absolutely enjoy that though there are people that have so much pride in knowing that you know i try to make sure that our community is safe and protected and they're getting good high quality things and that's mm -hmm. just not alan's passion you know yep. so apparently um alan is going to take eric and the two of them are going to take a wilderness retreat Mm -hmm. I will say they often talk about going camping, going fishing and going and doing these manly activities, but we never see them doing them, which is kind of a shame. It is. We always see them when they leave or when they come back. We don't get to see them on the trip. Mm -hmm. We miss out on that. But I do love I really love the conversation that Alan and Amy have uh, while Alan's. Uh, getting prepared for the trip. And I clipped that for us. A couple of nights under the stars, a little hiking through the woods, some fishing. That's where I do my best thinking. I got to try and figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Alan, what we talked about in the kitchen, you know that I would never stand in the way of something I thought you really wanted to do. I know that. This isn't about what I want to do. This is about my responsibility to this family. And I just... I just feel so helpless. Honey, you feel helpless because you're stuck. Ellen, it's all right to take a risk. I can't support this convenience store idea because I know you won't be happy. And I can only support your happiness. I love how Amy just lays it out. I mean, Alan's telling her, look, I, it, I've, I've got a responsibility to the family. He's slipping. She's been supportive of him searching for something to be happy doing. But he's slipping back into, okay, this, this whole rapid mart idea. He slipped into that because he feels his responsibility weighing on him to provide for mm -hmm. his family. But she still wants him to find something that's going to make him happy. And that she can support. Yeah. And I love well, the way that they work together with this. Yeah. Uh, part of being a parent and I'll, I'll just do in general of being a dad is balancing your responsibility to your family and doing something that you enjoy and you want to do. Um, you know, I've had many occasions where I hated the job that I had and I stuck with it because I have a responsibility. Um, you know, I'm kind of now in a position where the job, main job I have, because I have a couple, uh, is what I love. And I enjoy going to it. I enjoy being there. And I want to have more time with it. But I can't always do that because it's on a part-time basis. But, you know at the end of the day you have to balance that what is my responsibility and what's going to bring me joy you know when you think about this podcast um as much as our wives joke about us doing this i know that this brings both of us joy uh, we get to talk to each other we got to talk about one of our favorite shows and <laughs> i like to think it spreads joy to other people who listen but mm -hmm. at the end of the day is if it was like you know, Tyler and Brett, you can either make money doing this or do this and, you know, not make money. We then have to weigh the balance of is it more important that we make money or is it more important that we do something that we love and enjoy? So, mm -hmm. 
and it does make it complicated. Uh, for a few weeks, I remember uh, when I was really hitting a low, um, I remember thinking to myself, like, should we give this thing up? Like, is this really worth it? And to me, it's a yes, because it's not about, you know, we're, we're never going to be truly uh, pods meet world. We don't have a big network like um, iHeartRadio behind us. We're not going to have a bunch of advertisers before we even say a word giving two advertisements. We're not going to be doing call, you know, readings of the same thing over and over again. It's just not going to happen for us. Could it? Maybe. Um, I don't know what's going to make that happen, but we also don't have giant names. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it just comes down to, do people listen to us? Do they enjoy it? Do, is there some joy that we bring to people? And if that's the case, is that going to spread? Maybe? Who knows? But I know that I love doing this podcast, and <laughs> I love you know getting a chance to talk to you and... There's so much that we can do with this thing that just brings me joy. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not about is this a money opportunity or not. It's about do we get joy from this? Yes. Um, and I think the, for me, when I focus on that, then I can have fun. There are some days where I go, we're never going to make money here. and We probably should cut <laughs> most of this out. But Brett, I enjoy this. I do, too. Right, I mean, right there with you, lockstep. Yeah, probably most of that needs to get cut out. A lot of that was scrambling. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you can do whatever you want. You edit this, Brett. I think we should start saying we'll, we'll let the editors take care of that. Just make it sound fancier. Yeah, we'll let the we'll let the editors decide what to keep in. We'll let that crack team to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> we start putting out a podcast a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but we go to again the dramaticness of this whole thing of uh, Sean trying to teach Corey about uh, what he's got to do to make money being a poor person, and that's apparently to have some shampoo tested on their head. Uh, and Topanga's sitting there just in her normal clothes and uh they bring out a vial of something and he has a hazmat suit on and it drops and alarms start going off everyone runs away i i don't want to know what what study would be willing to test on minors and not even want to know the real names yeah uh, it's it's got, it's the joke. It's the joke. It's the joke. It's the joke. The joke comes first. It's the joke. It's a funny joke. It is what it is. Uh, we get back to <laughs> Alan and Eric coming back from uh, being in the woods, uh, hiking, fishing, cooking on our own over a fire. Um, uh, yes. And again, I would have loved for them to show that Eric in the elements is, you know, a rugged, tugged person and mm -hmm. competent and he does enjoy those things. It's just we never see them. Yeah. <sighs> but Shame I like, on uh, you writers from 30 years ago not being willing yes. to show us. <laughs> exactly. Show us the the hunting cut. <laughs> show us the Matthews men. 
Hashtag release yeah. the Matthews men. <laughs> release the man cut. <laughs> but again, another joke. Uh, they show that Eric caught a fish and it's a goldfish. And again, it's dumb. I kind of hate it. <laughs> but he's so kind of brings of the it. episode down a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, they're excited to see, um, you know, Amy and I think Feeney's talking to them at this moment too, right? Yes. Yes. If I remember correctly. They just don't address, uh, Feeney directly. Um, so I, I guess did sleeping under the stars points you, uh, to a new career? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, but nothing can give me half the satisfaction as a, uh, as getting up, waking up to a beautiful, uh, to that beautiful Cedar Lake. Wow. Let me rephrase that half the satisfaction. Uh, I get up, I get waking up next to that beautiful Cedar Lake. So basically I love camping. That's what I love to do. I don't know why they didn't go camping more, but, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Yes, a little foreshadowing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Alan does say that uh, he wishes that Amy was there. Probably could have been a much better trip for him if Amy was there with him than uh, his son. But, you know, whatever. But, uh... Apparently, uh, there's a discount for two-person sleeping bags, Brent, uh, currently yes. at uh, Kimball's. Yes. Well, George, how do you know about those? <laughs> I go camping. I don't fish. You do the man. <laughs> George. Gosh, sassy Feeny. So sassy. <laughs> Oh. Speaking of teachers crossing some lines, Brett. <laughs> hey, there were no students in that backyard at that point. <laughs> Everyone was at That's least true. graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we looking at? <laughs> I do oh. love Feeney. I love the relationship that George has with the Matthews parents. So, I, I couldn't remember in the... the going through the uh the script right of where exactly it happens but all of a sudden we have a scene at chubby's and you hear uh <laughs> sean what are you doing sean you're here i thought you'd be doing your little puppet show downtown which always uh, brings you in cash i said what are you doing <laughs> I want to see this puppet show. I found it. (sighs) I'm eating meat. (laughs) You disgust me, man. But I like meat. I can't help. They just put it in front of me. (laughs) My parents raised me to... (laughs) Okay, but Brett, the moment... He puts it down. Sean eats it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, clearly Corey is not cut out for for living Sean's life, but uh, but that's okay because Corey's not going to have to live in Sean's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we go to uh, a new set, Brett. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. And I say that because this is not a one-off uh, place that we're at right now. No, not a swing set. This is going to be a lasting location. And we get to mm-hmm. meet a gentleman by the name of Ed Kimball. Yes. Played by Dick O'Neill. First and only time that we'll see him on Boy Meets World. Uh, sadly, he did pass away in 1998. Uh, 57 mm-hmm. acting credits on his resume from productions such as Car 54, Where Are You? Good Times, Kojak, Wonder Woman, Three's Company, Chips, The Incredible Hulk, MASH, Magnum P.I., Cheers, Night Court, Growing Pains, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Family Matters, I Know Him Best as Art Leonard from Home Improvement, and mm. others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um, but I like how, you know, we're in the store, and Alan feels like he's in his element. Yeah, he's like very the kids are looking excited. At- yeah, the kids are looking at things, and he's going, "Oh, yeah, that's that's." He names the brand and says it's top of the line, and it says, "Put it down; it's too expensive." <laughs> Alan <laughs> and, knows uh, his stuff, you know. We, we get to see yeah. that he's not just someone who's a weak, you know, likes to go just camping to camp. Alan knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> I like how he says, oh, I'm a friend of uh, George Feeney. Oh, George, yeah, sure. Enjoy a little chat. Wish he'd buy something once in a while. <laughs> yep. I can see oh, but... I can see Mr. Feeney having some friends like uh, Ed where he'd stop into talk shop and not buy a thing. <laughs> now, I will say, Brett, that when the wife and I used to live down in Pittsburgh, we used to go a lot in the mall and kind of wander around and one of the places at the mall we would go to was the Dick's Sporting Goods and we'd often go through the wilderness section and kind of acted like uh, you know the Matthew's children of oh my gosh look at this this would be great for us to do this and oh my gosh I can't I'd love for us to be able to save to be able to do this and um, you know, just excitement that mm-hmm. you know you get whenever you're around these things, and um, I just, I really wish we could have been able to buy some of those things, honestly. But mm-hmm. you know, I think it's nice seeing that the that they're excited as well. It's something that he's installed, not installed in them, but you know, like it encouraged them and intrigued mm-hmm. them. So I feel like it's a good indication of what's been important to the Matthews families over the years. They don't show us, but again, they talk about going on family camping trips and you would think they would do like camp vacations, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like weekends going camping, mm-hmm. living like porous in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but we, we learned that apparently, uh, everything is on sale because he's going out of business. Yeah, he wants to sell the store. Uh, he doesn't have any kids left to sell it to because he's going to leave it to his son, but then he had a daughter who married, uh, what she marry, an investment orthodontist. banker. An orthodontist who moved away. And uh, yeah, so he wants to keep it in the family, even if it's not his family. So, yeah. 
but he wants to, you know, go live near his kids, his grandkids, and just retire and mm-hmm. no longer worry yeah. about his business. He wants out. Yeah. Um, he's ready which is to, fair. He's ready to be done. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's a family business, so it's his business, and he probably would have loved to actually pass it on, but can't. And so he doesn't know what to do with himself now. So he's trying to sell everything off and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, excuse me. But apparently uh, he's got some people who've said that they're interested, but just haven't found the right buyer yet. Yeah, and Amy picks up the pieces that have been laid down for her. Because George hinted there was some sort of a sale going on, and he's mm-hmm. been well aware of what's been going on with Alan through the last few episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, Mister Feeney does show up as well. Oh yes, sorry. I mean, George <laughs> shows up. Um, but I, so I love this little moment. Uh, whenever, uh, Eric. Corey and Morgan are all looking at lanterns and they're mm-hmm. going, I think this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, I think this is the best one. This one Corey has goes, most no. luminosity. <laughs> yeah, it's this one. Why? Because it's the most expensive. <laughs> it's like they're the same. Yes, that's why I'm going to be an accountant. <laughs> These writers never intended Corey to be anything other than an accountant. <laughs> I mean, but okay, it's not a bad thing to be an accountant. No, you not have a at family all. business. What would be a good thing to have for a family business? An accountant, someone with a business accounting degree. Mm-hmm. You'd get a, <sighs> he'd get a CPA's license, and then, you know, he could be work part time for his dad at a store and do his own thing on, on the side. Yeah, there's. <sighs> Okay, so okay, let me go ahead and read this line for line then. Uh, Alan just tries to say, Amy, well, Amy, we better get out of here before we buy up the whole store. And Amy says, I already did. Looks like my whole family likes your store. Oh, it's not my store anymore. What? Your wife just bought it for me. What? <laughs> well, the man's store is up for sale, so I bought it. <laughs> you can't just do that. Can she just do that? She just did that. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a reasonable man. We can come to terms. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I'm a reasonable man. We came to terms. <laughs> yeah. uh, I understood that you're trying to do, uh, trying to do, but you can't walk into, I can't what? You owe me a big decision, buddy. That <laughs> one that affects the whole family. Well, mm-hmm. you're standing in it. <laughs> so this is all my beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just, I love this, Brett, because Amy could have done something petty, which in TV world so often, wives, you'll see they, that. Yeah. You'll make a they'll, petty they'll decision that like will... That. Yeah, but Amy was sitting there realizing George pushed us in this direction because George has known Alan for so long, cares about us, and connected dots for us that we weren't going to see. Mm-hmm. Because Alan, as much as Alan loves this world, he would probably not think he has the charisma or ability to to sell these things. He thinks he can only sell lettuce. 
he doesn't realize that he could sell fishing rods and camping gear and all the things that he's always wanted to sell, you know, be able mm-hmm. to first have firsthand experience with a lot of these things. And I give credit to the writing staff. We don't normally do that, but of putting Alan in a position, in a place where he can thrive finally. Yeah. Yeah, they finally give him something to do where he can really grow. Yeah. Well, and I I also love because as as you know, I know for me and it could be different for you, but it's so different when if you don't do X, you will not make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for him being at the market giant, all he had to do was go to his job check on things, check on things, make sure things are running smooth. As long as he did that, he was going to get his salary. And it's very different when you own the business, every dollar that is made could either benefit your family or, you know, every dollar you don't make is going to hurt your family. So Mm -hmm. it's a very much a different mindset, which I think Alan has needed. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so, yeah. and af- a- after the family starts to get uh, wind of what's going on, um, I-, I like when Alan finally starts to, to come around to everything, and I, I clip that part for us. Amy, I don't know about this. What's not to know? What, are you afraid you're going to be happy? It's okay? I mean, it's okay to do this? Alan, we give you permission to take a risk. Now you look around, and if you can tell me from your heart that none of this is going to make you happy, then we will walk out that door and we will discuss something else. Uh, uh, no, no. I, I, I believe the deal was that I don't get to discuss your decision, right? Right. Thank you. Well, you heard the lady. Wrap it up. (laughs) Now, Brett, I think uh, it's important that at this moment we bring on uh, our our special guest for today. Um, As you know, um, it's not just you and I that do this thing. Uh, We were very uh, fortunate that uh, uh, we have Dr. Headley himself of Headfirst Studios. (laughs) So I was wondering if we could talk to Dr. Headley super quick about... Well, certainly. This endeavor. <laughs> so, you know, Dr. Headley, uh, you took a risk in starting Headfirst Studios. Didn't know what all of it was going to look like. And I'm sure there's some scariness to it. But uh, what would you say uh, would be your advice for anyone thinking about doing a small business such as what you are doing? Well, uh There's a lot of things to to take into account when it comes to jumping out into small business ownership, when it comes out and starting something like that. Um, I was actually put into a position where um, I was working with uh, landscaping and trying to get... Um, my my business up and running and uh, i was doing enough traction where i was getting some gigs but not enough to really 
build on. And I needed to finally just take that plunge and, and dive into it full time. And so for about four years, I was full time, uh, just running headfirst studios. And, uh, over that four year span, it was enough to help keep us afloat. And Kelly was working full time as well. After a time, I, I did have to scale back. I did have to take a, a full time job and scale back headfirst to a more, uh, a, a more side hustle, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that uh, that I've learned that I would pass on is don't be afraid to take a leap of faith. It's it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, you'll not. <laughs> don't be afraid to fail because. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're afraid to fail, then you're not going to try anything new anyway. But if you're going to let your fear drive you, you're not going to try anything. And, you know, I, we had ups and downs through those, those years. We had some great moments. We had some hard ones. I met a lot of really interesting clients that I worked with over the years. I've had uh, clients that I've worked with for the last 15 years on one project that we are still working Mm -hmm. on, (laughs) (laughs) but don't be afraid to try something new. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's worth, it's worth the shot to take on it. And when you do that with the support of the people who love you, the people who are, are with you, the family that you are with, you will have them to lean into and them to catch you if you stumble, which is what I had. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say to you, to your credit as well, it's not like the work you're doing right now in your full-time job is not completely different of Oh, the no. head first studios as well. So that does no, help. It's, it's, it's not like you're it is largely only doing set. this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I think one of the things that helped you to probably get the job you have is because you took a chance with head first studios and going deep into mm-hmm. that. So having, you know, cause one of the things I remember you telling me when you got your job was they wanted you to tell stories and that's what mm-hmm. head first studio is. So go that's tell exactly stories. It. And yeah, so yeah, one of the reasons exactly. that I love Head First Studios and why I know I want to be more involved with you to do those type of things mm-hmm. is because that 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 the desire, that dream, that that those goals that you have, the vision, all thing, those things excite me. I just wish we had more time. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. I I love being able to tell stories in multiple different ways, and I I wish I had more time in the day to be able to do it. And I've even told Sarah too. I'm like, gosh, I wish we just had like, I wish we didn't have to worry about money. And then we could just do podcasts like every day. There's a new podcast every week coming out, like a new <laughs> podcast every day, you know? <laughs> but, yep. Yeah. No. And I, I want to make sure we highlighted you, Brett, because of the fact that you did take a chance with Head First Studios. It's always something you, I know that you have talked about for years. Um, you know, now I'm getting to that point where I remember when you were younger and you didn't have white stuff in your beard and, uh, or gray. I can't tell exactly the coloring, but uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I, I think I remember when you said you told me that you were going to go just head first into this head first, uh, you know, going full steam <laughs> into it. And I was so excited for you because I was like, that's great. 
Because uh, mm-hmm. as much as I knew you had a passion for your old life, sorry, for your old life and uh, what that meant for you and the fact that we got to meet through that, ultimately your passion truly is telling stories and, um, you know, getting into the medias and um, understanding things deeper and getting information out there. But I know that mm-hmm. you don't like doing it for yourself and (laughs) you know you don't want to say look what i'm doing look how good i i can do these things but i will give you credit and say you do these things well and i appreciate you it's one of the reasons why for years i've tried to convince you to do a podcast with me (laughs) yes well thank you and it did it it took us years to figure out exactly what we wanted to settle in on for our podcast (laughs) oh i know but I knew as uh, I knew if I was going to do a podcast, which I've wanted to do them for years, the person I wanted to do it with was you. So I knew it was just a matter of waiting for the right thing for us to do, and then we could, you know, move that towards others as well. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. if not, we'll go down with the ship, Brett. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love this moment for this family. Uh, yes. The Matthews are just so excited because I think like when you have bad uh, energy coming home from a job, your kids feel that. I know I have brought that home sometimes and I I've told Sarah, I'm like this job and this job or this experience, that experience. If I ever come home, I'm bringing that energy of the the work day you know killing me dragging me down if i bring that home i'm done there i'm not bringing that home the worries and concerns of what that company has is not for us like mm-hmm. you know all the the stuff at you know the church job like uh, we bring those home yeah of course we do but the other stuff the other things nope those concerns don't worry us but you know Alan can't help but probably bring stresses and worries home from uh, the grocery store. And now it's different. Now he yeah. has something he can go to, have a passion for, and be selling something he wants to sell and not just lettuce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he gets, to, he gets to go into a job that he is excited for, that he is passionate about, and he gets to come home at the end of the day after making his own hours and gets to bring that excitement and that passion home with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I love that, you know, as we go to the tag and it's just, um, it's them trying to go over the books, you know, go over the things that they need to learn. And I mean, for Alan, all he needs to do is be pointed in the direction of this is what I've had. This is what things are. And as long as everything processes through and the payments happen, everything will be solid from Alan's perspective. But, you know, we see a moment of kind of panic for Eric because as we have seen before, Brett, he has a good worth ethic. He's able to do a good job. He gets paid. He has money. But, you know, he's never had to be concerned about things like prices. And why do we set the prices to these things? You know, um, billables and receivables you know what how much is it costing to bring it in how much do we have to sell it for to make a profit all those things he's never had to think about and now he has to worry about if i make a mistake here it's going to impact my family immediately it's not just a simple ah you know it's a 50 dollars 
mistake. It happens. It's a, oh my gosh, will we be able to eat now because of the mistake I made? Yep. And yeah, that weighs on got, you. He's got a lot more responsibility on his shoulders than he did the day before. A lot more than he did when he mm. was Eric Matthews, good-looking detective. I know. If only he could have been a good-looking detective. <laughs> but I like how he tries to, you know, say to Feeney, hey, I can't do this. I don't think I'll be mm. able to do this. And Feeney's like, I will work with you. I will tutor you. I'll help you. And, you know, even if you don't want to go to college, we can work on things and keep you, you know, learning and moving in the right direction. I love the fact that Feeney tells Eric specifically that he wants Eric to be prepared, not that he wants Eric mm -hmm. to go to college. He wants him to be prepared that at any time he will need to know something. He wants to yeah. prepare him, whether it's for college or not. And I right. love that after, after three and a half years, after three solid years of the show saying the end goal is college, we finally mm -hmm. get George Feeney saying, I just want you to be prepared. Yeah. And I love that step outside of, of, of the norm. Yeah. Because that's well, what we need here. But he's not Mr. Feeney to him now. He is George. Yep. And that's what he needs him to be. Yeah. Because George can still teach, but he doesn't teach the way Mr. Feeney teaches. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting. I love as we're talking about this more, Brett, this dichotomy in this George Feeney and the the complications of it and how he treats all the different people around him. Yep. So we're getting a sassier Feeney this season, but we're also seeing a better depth <laughs> to him, which I love. Indeed. The eighteen dollars so, in their socks. <laughs> <sighs> but Mr. Feeney will buy a pair, thus creating the first dollar they uh, sell. That's right. Of course, I Which... sell the place and you finally buy something. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, though, if you have a business where you're trying to sell things, uh, you better be buying something if you're coming in there for long chats. It's not a coffee shop, Feeney. Mm hmm. <laughs> Come in, buy a Slim Jim, you know, talk about life's journey, but at least spend a few bucks. Yeah, seriously. Something. <laughs> yeah. But Brett, uh, that's our that's our episode for today. That is. And uh, shall we go into the deep dives? Well, we shall. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Alrighty. So, uh, we'll just start with the poopery because I forgot to look this up until we were in the middle of it. But uh, poopery is a company uh, started in 2007 um, out in uh, Texas. And... Uh, it's a company that which you, I'm just going to just say exactly what you do. You spray it before you use the facilities. And then after you're done, it doesn't smell as bad. Um, this has been given as a joke gift uh, to me in the past. It's been given to several people in the past. It's been used by different companies over the years that I've worked at. And I got to say, it is an incredible product, and I do enjoy it quite a bit. Um, 
No. I'm not going to go too much deeper into it. The biggest thing that you need to know is that it's actually a pretty good product. Uh, I would recommend it. It's a private company. Um, hashtag and, uh, not your sponsor. Hashtag not Hey, poopery, we're out there, man. Uh, we'd love to talk about this product more directly. I'll yeah. spray it every time. I don't care. <laughs> I will tell you, I watched the... I watched start to finish for the first time the Truman Show last night, and the way they mm -hmm. do their product placements is just beautiful. <laughs> uh, but I love how it just drives him crazy eventually. Da, 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 da. All right, let's get to the phone. That's where my main stuff is. So, um, due to the discussion, Brett, about uh, wealth... I was just thinking about uh, the wealth distribution in uh, the Americas, the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And from the chart that I'm looking at, uh, it appears as though from the 90s to today, um, income keeps going up and the wealth gaps keeps getting bigger because the... Um, the one percent, um, essentially is anyone living over the range of about a hundred thousand uh, a year, uh, getting closer to um, towards like a two hundred thousand a month or a year, not a month. Uh, the bottom, uh, we'll say fifty, is living closer to zero than they are living towards 50. Now, the average of the like 90 percentile is under that uh, 100,000 mark for sure. And the mm -hmm. 50 to 90 is right below 50,000. All that is to say that what we're constantly learning is that people who have money keep getting more money and people who have no money keep getting less money and it's not because poor people are buying things they shouldn't be buying it's not because poor people don't have the right attitude mindset it's a lot of times because people who start off poor it's harder for them to get out of that situation you cannot buy your way out of it some people will work their way out of it some people will get the right education will get scholarships and will kill themselves um, not literally but you know will will drain all of themselves get out of that and get towards a one percent and look back and go well i did it why couldn't everybody else do it um and i guess this is just a thing from me about just because you can't comprehend why some people are the way they are, you have to remember that once upon a time, you were probably in their situation. And one of the reasons why you got out of that was because someone, someone cared about you and helped you out of it. And none of us get anywhere without people around us, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend, or just someone that goes, hey, I care enough about you to help you out. So understand that most people, 
don't become one percenters because they did things all on their lonesome and just were able to do it all on their own. They had help along the way. Someone cared enough about them. There was a Feeney out there that gave them a hand. There was an Alan Matthews that gave them a place to stay or a free meal, you know, or a Turner who was willing to let someone live with them for a year. You know, there's always Mm -hmm. someone out there who's willing to um, go above and beyond for people that make it out of that so yeah small rant over (laughs) (laughs) um so i couldn't find numbers for the 90s brett but right now nationwide uh grocery store managers are making about 25 dollars an hour pennsylvania is about 23 dollars an hour i will say i do have rough uh salaries overall uh interestingly enough uh so erie which is not too far away actually it's in between both of us uh yes it is their average salaries are roughly around like 55 whereas in philadelphia it's closer to forty-eight thousand. so even though Philadelphia, more expensive area, bigger metropolis, you know, the likelihood of you having a higher pay job as a store manager is not as good as a smaller area is. It's less locations, you know, better uh, profit margins, most likely. So, and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Allentown is very similar as well to that. Um, blah, 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 blah. That's all. Let's see. Let's stick with. <laughs> this is a fun one. You'll no. I want to end with that one. I lied. We're gonna end with that one because that's the one I think is fun. <laughs> so let's talk. Okay. So quitting a job, Brett. This is coming from Indeed. Is the proper way to quit a job. So first is starting by deciding whether it's the right time. You know, talking with your family, talking with your loved ones, uh, talking with your nosy neighbor. You know, consider over, is it right? Give at least two-week notice. Again, notice. Got to give a notice of some form. And you also need to make sure, how much notice are you supposed to give, Brett? Uh, make sure you actually write a letter of resignation. Um you got to make sure there's a statement that you're resigning, the date of your resignation, in effect, a reason you are leaving, uh, an expression of gratitude in your signature. Now, the reason could be as simple as I am leaving to pursue another job or I'm leaving for personal reasons. You know, mm-hmm. you can only give you you only have to give the amount of information that you need to give, which is not a lot. Um, also, side note, you can definitely cut this out, but we were sitting at a restaurant after a doctor's appointment, and we literally were hearing an interview going on at said restaurant beside us, and Sarah's sitting there going, he's asking questions he can't ask. And I said, I know, but this is a guy who's probably had this business for 30 years. I don't think he's gotten the memo. 
and she's mm-hmm. answering the questions so there's nothing we can do it was an older yeah. person asking another older person these questions that they didn't care and she's just sitting there the whole time like she can't ask those questions like i know but it doesn't matter <laughs> she's willing to answer them and there you go <laughs> yeah. one of the questions do you have a boyfriend yeah yep yep <laughs> Uh, give feedback on why you're leaving. Brett, if there's a reason, like, I hate your all your guts, that's not a good reason to put down that you're leaving. You can just say, hey, I had personal disagreements on, on what the best way to do things was, or, you know, personal situation, or, you know, well, uh, put whatever you'd like. But then, uh, an interesting one is schedule a meeting with HR representative or supervisor. I don't think you have to do that. You can, but... Mm. You know, sometimes called an exit interview. And then you just need to kind of accept that, yep, you're done and you're moving on. Uh, I know that's That's one of the hard things for some people to go from the we to they. Uh, I caught that with several people that have left jobs that they've had for 20 plus years going, well, we do this and we do that. And I'm like, no, it's no longer a we. Uh, okay so difference between buying a franchise brett and buying an existing business so uh two types of forms of franchises uh product slash trade name franchising uh the franchise owner owns the right to the name or the trademark of the business and sells the right to use that name and trademark to the franchise. This system of franchising normally focuses on supply chain management. Typically products are marketed or manufactured and supplied to the manu- to the franchiser and delivered to the franchisee to sell. I.e. you're thinking of like a McDonald's, you're thinking of a Domino's, you're thinking of uh, Ace Hardware, you know, mm-hmm. you you have the business, you make the money off the business, but you have to pay your dues. Uh, business uh, format franchises, the franchiser and franchisee have an ongoing relationship. This style of franchising normally focuses on full the spectrum business management typically the franchiser officer services like site selection training product supply marketing plans and even help getting funding i'm not sure of what is a good example of that one off the top of my head because i think the most often used is the product slash trade name um mm-hmm. so Buying an existing business. Buying an existing business is exactly what it sounds like. The buyer typically takes over full ownership of business. The largest uh, advantage of having an existing blueprint that can uh, include important factors like establishing customer base, defines operating operating expenses, and fully trained employees. Regardless of business type, almost any kind of business could be bought or sold. When you buy an existing business, you typically get complete control over its direction. However, with no set vision, infrastructure or external guidance your business could struggle as you figure out the best way to run things 
So like, I know for a lot of places around us, you know, when it's a small family owned business or it's a family owned restaurant, if they sell it, you know, whoever takes over either has to keep doing what has been done before. And if they modify things, it can have a huge ripple effect. Um, you know, I feel so bad. There's a restaurant locally that people loved and people cared about and it exchanged hands a couple of times too many, probably. And, you know, the community kind of gave up on it, which is sad, but we weren't in, we weren't living here at the time. So it wasn't like we could support them. Um, you know, and it kind of came back in a different name and got sold and then got sold again, I think. So it's just a complicated life uh, you have in this uh, that space and selling businesses and trying to keep afloat and the complications behind it and dealing with a customer base that wants things the way that they want it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for, I think for Alan and Amy in this situation as well, what's nice for them is Kimball's has, you know, a standing base of probably customers that come there, but rebranding it to, I don't know if they actually say what, if they, if it's changed to Matthews or whatever, but um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think they do rebrand it because it's new ownership. Eventually they do. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where they could have under the umbrella and then they reopen it as, you know, this specific store, but not really changing much other than the name, you know, is okay. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, though, um, oh, I'm running away from what I want to talk about. Uh, at the end of the day, Alan getting to own his business outright is probably the best thing for him. So agreed. Here is the thing I think you're most going to be interested in, Brett. Uh, This is from Indeed. Retail sale associate for The Gap. (laughs) Uh, Some benefits. 401k, matching 401k, dental insurance, employee stock purchasing plan, healthcare, life insurance, on-the-job training, pay time off, store discount, vision insurance, Oh, <laughs> kind of like this description. Gap has always been an optimistic American style, starting with our very first store in Oceans Avenue in San Francisco, opened almost 50 years ago by Doris and Don Fisher. This thread that runs through uh, those five decades is phenomenal, people, that make up our brand. Our employees and our customers, people are rooted in the legacy that makes Gap what it is. But who also focuses on the future? People who want to leave the world a better better than they found it. Now, Brett, is this a clothing line or is this an environmental group? I can't tell. <laughs> We've built a... <laughs> Sorry, we built our brand on staying true to our roots while always being out in front of what's next. If you want to be part of an iconic American brand and help lead the way for where we're headed, we'd love to have you join us. I guarantee you there's about 12 people in that organization that actually believe that. Yeah. I mean, hey. Gap for president, right? I mean, come on. What what a speech that is. I'm the gap. 
Even in the shower, I'm the gap. <laughs> yeah, so those are your deep dive spread. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? So, uh, what did you learn aside from the fact that Eric's the gap? Could you go first? I just talked a lot. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> I just need to breathe. That ga- that gap uh, speech, you know, it really got me. That was a lot of words to say we sell clothes. <laughs> we sell clothes. They're high quality. We sell clothes. This American <laughs> legacy brand. This thread that runs through. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's like that the kid who was given... <laughs> Who, who was given a three-page assignment, and he only has enough information to write one page. <laughs> it reminds me of the time when I was in seventh grade, and I basically wrote a paper that said, baseball players get millions of dollars. Why can't we give some of that money to firefighters? <laughs> NBA players get paid millions of dollars. Why can't we give that to firefighters? <laughs> Based on my sale, yeah, but that thread, that thread, that thread that runs through our company from the first days to today, each individual who has worked in our stores, who has touched our clothing. I anyway. am Gap. <laughs> I'm Gap. Even in the shower, I'm Gap. Um, I learned. <laughs> I was reminded of the importance of family and the safety net that they provide uh, support that when it comes time to take a risk, when Amy gives Alan permission to take a risk, she has seen all throughout, I mean, all throughout their marriage, but we've seen uh, through two of these three episodes that we've looked at, Alan being confronted with not being happy with where he is and wanting to move on somehow to what he doesn't know. But Amy being fully supportive of him moving on and trying mm-hmm. to help him every step of the way. And so yep. Amy being that supportive safety net that is right there ready to catch him and being and giving him permission And that push that he needs in this case to take the risk that he needs to take. And so I am reminded to not be afraid to take that risk when it comes time to, to take that leap when it comes time to. And when it does come time to, to not be afraid to lean on your safety net that is right there. So what about you? I'm reminded with Corey and Eric's kind of freakouts that there are so many things we worry about, like what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next after the next, and worrying about things that are way farther in the head that we shouldn't be worrying and stressing about. That as a parent, we have to remind 
our, our our loved ones and our especially our children just worry about right now just worry about where you are what you're doing and just trying the best you can and we'll worry about the future later because the future is always coming um i think we tend to spend more time stressing about what could happen what might happen than just living at the moment you know to quote uh the wise uh theologian the gap <laughs> you know 50 years of a thread uh we have to trust in that vision and <laughs> we have to keep being willing to move forward innovate so I think uh, as parents, we have to remind our children and our loved ones that uh, it's okay that we are nervous about the future, but not to spend all of our time uh, falling apart over it. Because nothing changed for Corey in this whole, I don't know, week time period, like from the time that Alan quit to the time that he was not quit he had a new business new life uh nothing changed for him it's in the grace period yep. window that alan had and amy had maybe if they went another three months like this yes i would worry then but it feels like this is all kind of worked out pretty quickly for them yes it did yeah, which is fine there's TV Nothing magic, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It would be very nice if in real in real life it worked like this. But all right, so I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? How would you grade I ain't gonna spray lettuce no more? Okay. As far as like Corey as the main character of the show having for lack of better wording the C plot this episode like it feels like Alan and, and Amy had the A plot like we spent oh, yes. one scene in the school um, so Alan kind of has the main storyline with Amy with him essentially and Eric kind of has the secondary storyline which is still kind of happening congruently with the first but he's dealing with his own issues that's, that is separate you know ph philosophically from his dad um, mm -hmm. and so for Corey's storyline it is trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I almost wish they would have had him suffering in silence, but Topanga needed to be in the episode, and so did Sean, so they had to have them. But this really didn't—they didn't need to be in this episode. Love them both, mm -hmm. but didn't—you know—they didn't really do a whole lot. Um, so yeah, not great for them. But I loved Eric's struggle in this episode, and I loved uh alan's struggle in this episode as well so for those two they really do make up for the lack of what Corey is doing and what his friend group is doing um and it feels like we're stopping the Corey storyline to get to this storyline that's just been building for a while uh mm -hmm. so all of those words like the threads <laughs> of all of these words uh i'm <laughs> gonna go ahead and say this is an a uh, because truly 
all the stuff with Alan and this 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 crisis he's going through, this this family situation, and how he and and Amy work this out is truly remarkable. And I love that they're putting that on display. Of even when they hurt each other, they still work through that. And I love so much of of what they're putting on display for Corey and, and Eric and. Uh, Morgan on how their marriage works and I love this example and this is something I've gone to before for how do I be an adult uh, this is a great example of that so a plus uh, not a plus I'm sorry a this is an a storyline because Corey stuff stinks but yes a plus on Alex or on Alec on Alan's part but this is an a episode all around it's an a <laughs> it's what it is <laughs> Yeah, Corey's. I I can, I, I could cut Corey's stuff out of this and be perfectly fine. It it brings really nothing to the story overall, other than just a couple of chuckles. Um, Eric, real quick, I know you're about to say your thing, but here's a better way to use them all. Topanga and Sean, for some reason, are at that dinner, and literally, Alan says it, and they both look at each other and go, "We're gonna leave." That's the only reason to have them in the episode. Their storyline's done for the week. Continue. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Eric's stuff is really good. It builds on what we already had. We see him finally. It's it's a progression for him. We we actually see some sequential storytelling in an episodic show. Um, we get to see him. Uh, we, we see him last week rocked with a little bit of reality. We see him stepping into more of reality this week with the realization that he could have to be responsible a little bit. And we see Alan finally, it, he gets that meat uh, that yeah. honestly I've been waiting for him to see uh, finally get. And we get to see so much of this episode wrapped up from a father's perspective. There is, mm -hmm. there are very few episodes that I can relate to as a father as much as I do with Alan in this episode. Yep. And so for me, I it's it's only it's only the Corey stuff that keeps this from being an A plus for me. It's it's a solid A. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's what stinks so much about it. Like the Corey stuff is just not needed, unfortunately. But this is just, this is such a good episode. And this is one I'll watch a lot. If we were doing a bracket Brett, this could actually win. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Oh yes. Maybe that's what we need to do, Brett. After we're done, then we do a bracket. Ooh, maybe. <gasps> oh my gosh, Brett. We put all of them in a ranking and we do a giant one multi parter. Whoa, that would be bonkers. Very. <laughs> it's like the NCAA tournament on crack. Yes, it would be. <laughs> well i think you owe me a dad joke before we go yeah yeah i do uh hold on okay let's try these all right this is a hunting one what do you call right. what what do bears call campers in sleeping bags? 
pigs in a blanket. <laughs> Burritos. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> okay, one more. Why is it never relaxing when two couples go camping? Why is that? It's too tense. <laughs> That's quite intense. But a bow. Well, that's it for us this week. Good-looking people, you can connect with us on uh, all all forms of social media at Dad's Meat World, or send us an email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. And you can leave us a review, five-star rating, however it works, wherever you listen to us, but especially at Apple Podcasts, because that will help more people find us. Yeah. And if you like any of our uh, squiffy uh, merchandise, such as what Steve the Skeleton is wearing behind me. Episode's gonna episode. You can check it out at dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tyler, until next week, I'll see you good looking. For you good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. I can either end. Oh, I was thinking, you know, I'll, I'll cut this out, but uh, I was, you were saying eerie and it made me think of something I was I meant, wanted to tell you before we started recording. I was watching uh, Law & Order SVU with Kelly yesterday. Uh-huh. And uh, dun, dun. the case they were on, they were following a, a perp who was on a train that ran between Erie and Pittsburgh. Huh. And it made a stop, and the stop where they caught their guy that was on the train was su supposedly at the Beaver Falls Depot. Huh. <laughs> Clearly not shot at Beaver Falls. Clearly shot somewhere in New York, but like, I'm like, um, yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> was this a case like from the the turn of the century there hasn't been a train that goes for public access that goes like that in years oh no no supposedly modern case but yeah they're trying to yeah. find someone well, that kidnapped a girl from new york weeks prior okay sure well i do know because of you know learning about beaver falls history like there used to be a train that went from Beaver Falls downtown to Pittsburgh and it ran every single day and it ran multiple times a day and you know people from Beaver Falls could get to Pittsburgh really easy really cheap and then they decided mm -hmm. to get rid of it because why would we want people from Beaver Falls to be able to have a good life mm -hmm. yeah supposedly you... Amtrak style train runs from Erie to Pittsburgh with a stop in Beaver Falls in the world of SVU okay Okay, let's just see so, yeah. this for a moment, Brett. Anyway, just eerie to Pittsburgh. <laughs> let's just see. No, no, our podcast can't can't continue unless we solve this mystery. Is there a train that goes from uh, at least Erie to Pittsburgh? Because I don't think so. I don't. Now there's cargo <laughs> trains. Yes, I see that. But train trains, like people passenger trains, train. Don't think so. Yeah, passenger train. Get me to Google. Don't take me to YouTube. <laughs>
Well, you know, Erie to Pittsburgh is basically from like Long Island to uh, Manhattan. It's the same thing. <laughs> yes, travel from Erie to Pittsburgh. Okay. There is a train that goes from Erie to Pittsburgh. However, Brett, it's a five-hour, <laughs> 48-minute uh, ride because, Brett, you have to go to Cleveland first. <laughs> Not a straight shot. No. What is a straight shot? It's the highway. It takes you two hours <laughs> to get there. Who would ever travel yeah. on train from Erie, oh my gosh, I'm. And, I and might just be more people... floored right now <laughs> than I and am. Shot Californians writing for Boy Meets World thirty years old ago were bad. Yeah, <laughs> you're a state away. Just go over there. <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway, 